Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for a healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we'll bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Lisa. And today we're really excited to have Candace Acqui with us. Candace is a registered dietitian, a mom, and she also works with Nutrition Connections. Um, so thank you so much, Candace, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me on the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm really happy to be here. So can you start by maybe telling us a bit about yourself? Sure. I mean, you, you've done a great introduction. Um, so I'll just reiterate, you know, as you said, I'm, I'm a registered dietitian. I've been working as a registered dietitian now for about five years. I'm also a mom of a, a little boy, a five-year-old boy. And really, I love all things food. I love to cook. I love to make food. I also enjoy eating out and trying new cuisines. So I'm missing that a little bit right now these days with uh, the pandemic going on. Um, but, you know, that being said, I'm very grateful to have my health and and to be able to do what I love, which is talk to others about food and nutrition. Great. And um, can you tell us a bit about Nutrition Connections and your role within the organization? Sure, absolutely. So yes, I work for an organization called Nutrition Connections, uh, formerly known as the Nutrition Resource Center. And we are a center for nutrition knowledge and collaboration. Um, we were established over 20, year, over 20 years ago as a key program of the Ontario Public Health Association, which is a registered charity uh, that began about 70 years ago. And their mission was really to provide leadership on issues affecting public health and strengthening the impact of people who are active in public health and community health. So with this focus on public health, OPHA has managed several health promotion uh, types of programs over many years. And we all know that nutrition and access to food and, and having the knowledge and skills to feed ourselves is a big part of, of maintaining our health. So at Nutrition Connections, we support health professionals, service providers, educators, researchers, policymakers, really anyone who, whose work touches on nutrition and food with increasing their knowledge, making connections with others who work in this area and sharing information and opportunities to make an impact. Uh, specifically, my role at Nutrition Connections, um, I focus on what we call knowledge mobilization, where I coordinate various activities to help move evidence into action. So I often find myself doing uh, a lot of uh, resource development, whether it's for health professionals or for what we call our consumer, the end user, parents and families. Um, I organize workshops for health professionals and, of course, evaluate the feedback from that to ensure that we're meeting our stakeholders' needs. And I do a lot of communications as well. Um, we, we do a lot of, uh, you know, sending out uh, emails and newsletters to our, to our listserv. And that's really about, you know, raising awareness about important initiatives uh, that, we're, that we are involved in, that our partners are involved in. And if I could shamelessly plug our own podcast, uh, we also have a podcast called Food and Health Today, uh, where we explore hot and emerging topics in food and other health topics um, with leading experts. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts or on our website under the Learning Center. Great. Um, so we usually mention 
things like social media at the end of the podcast. But since you mentioned the Food and Health Today podcast, are there any other places that families or members of the community can find Nutrition Connections online? Sure. Yeah. So we are definitely on social media. You can find us on Twitter, um, on Instagram. Um, You can find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page and you would just look for, uh, you could just search for Nutrition Connections on Twitter. I think um, our handle is at NutritionCXN. So you look for us there. And again, yeah, we're really, you know, sort of getting into this realm of using social media to talk about the, the lots of the different things that are happening in the world around nutrition. There's surprisingly, even with, you know, other world events happening right now, um, there are a lot of uh, things that are impacting people's ability to access food. Um, you know, when it comes to food policy and programming, there's lots of things going on. So we try to keep people up to date on that. And as I said before, we focus primarily on, on people working in this area, but, you know, we find that the general public, Parents and families often find us and appreciate what we put out as well. Thank you so much, Candice. That's some really great information. Um, I want to go back and visit your love of food and cooking because <laughs> I think I think a lot of maybe our listeners do like love love uh, cooking and food, and I know yeah. Sabrina and I definitely do. Yeah. But I've noticed, and I'm not sure if you've noticed that COVID-19 seems to have had an impact on our food prices. Mm-hmm. Seem to have gone up quite a bit. And so I'm wondering, like, we're interested really to hear your tips on eating healthy on a budget. Do you do you have any tips for us? Well, you know what? It's interesting. It, it really has. I, I have noticed, you know, being in the stores that uh, food prices have definitely gone up. And I think, you know, this what we're in right now. COVID-19 has really put a spotlight on the fragility of our food system. Um, when we think about, and again, I'll just I'll just preface this by saying I'm not an economist, but um, you know when we think about what uh, is involved in our food system at the different points, um, the disruptions that are happening right now with respect to travel restrictions, all of that you know increases the price. We we we're hearing about some processing plants and other manufacturing plants that have had outbreaks and have had to close down. So supply um, has diminished. And then when it comes back up, you know, obviously the organizations and food processing companies are trying to make back what they've lost. So they pass along those costs to us. So certainly it's, it's a really, really challenging time. And um, I think in terms of, uh, you know, how to sort of get the best bang for your buck, is really sticking with you know some of those staples um, that you um, would have had in your pantry. Some of them <laughs> might have been kind of difficult to find, like flour and yeast. Um, but you know, as long as you're you're able to have um, you know some canned goods on hand, um, <clears throat> those tend to be rel- relatively reasonable. Um, you know, and buying foods in a box or, you know, breads or what have you, things that are already pre-made as well. Really, we're at a point where we have to do the best that we can with what we've got. And I love the fact that people have been, um, you've heard these stories on the news with people who are baking bread and making these amazing meals. But at the same time, I think realistically, you know, we have to 
get back to a point where we come back to planning and thinking about how can we um, make sure that we have fresh fruits and vegetables or frozen um, and canned fruits and vegetables in our diet. And um, those tend to be, you know, really affordable. Um, so just figuring out ways to incorporate those into our meals and um, not worrying so much about having to have the best loaf of bread to take a picture and post it on Instagram. <laughs> For sure. And you also mentioned, I really liked what you mentioned uh, about planning, right? Mm -hmm. Having a plan when you go into the grocery store can actually help with budget as well because we're not buying food that we're not actually going to have the time to make that week That's right. or, or forget about in the back of our fridge. Mm, absolutely. Making having a having a plan. And, and it, again, you know, having a plan doesn't mean that you have to have everything down to the nitty gritty, exactly what you're going to be making, but just having general sense of, of what you might have different days. And then like for me, honestly, the, the best way for me to make um, make the most of my food dollars is to make something that I really like. So let's say it's a stir fry or a pasta dish or what have you, and making enough of it to have two or three servings, freezing the rest of it. We have it for dinner that night. We freeze the rest of it and I pull it out, you know, either later that week or the following week. And then this way, if you do that, you know, if you do that with a couple of meals, you'll have things that you can pull out of your freezer and have ready. Um, and also just keeping, again, those sort of staples on hand, uh, potatoes, um, pasta, canned beans, um, canned vegetables, frozen vegetables, those kinds of things. I find, you know, when you are in the store and you happen to notice something is on sale that you want to try, then you have things that you at home already that you can pair it with. Right. I love that. And, and for me, um, like planning doesn't mean planning the whole meal realistically. No. Planning no. to me means the protein for my family. I just plan <laughs> yeah. the protein yeah. and then things can kind of, I know I have vegetables, I get kind of whatever's on sale yes. and I just kind of pair it with whatever I've got. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, we, I think we, we, especially as dietitians as well, you know, we, we sort of have been um, conditioned to think that you have to have it all, you know, set out and laid out. And, and that does two things. Yes, it's, it's helpful to have everything at your fingertips, but then you always have to keep those stores stocked and you don't, it's harder to learn how to use the things up that you've got in your cupboard. So I think a little bit of creativity, um, you know, again, social media is great for that. You go online and look at what different, what different people are doing and um, having some flexibility. Absolutely. Um, plan to have, you know, with the center part of your meal, whether it's the protein or the vegetables or whatever it is, and then use what you've got at home to, to accompany, accompany that. Candice, do you know if Nutrition Connections or are you aware of any other resources for um, budget-friendly meal ideas or meal planning? Sure, absolutely. So we have, Nutrition Connections has a series of booklets for parents. Um, they're called Eat Right, Be Active. And they're great because they really look at healthy eating and physical activity. And they provide some really great tips and guidance around um, how to have healthful meals. There are some budget-friendly meal ideas for parents and caregivers in the booklet. So certainly check those out on our website, in our store. Um, again, you know, we also have... Uh, uh, what we call our navigator, which is sort of a one-stop shop for evidence-based resources and tools. Um, so we've we've got uh, you know us being this sort of connector 
amongst uh, health professionals and researchers. We try to sort of um, bring these types of resources and tools together in one place where people can find them. So if you go into our navigator and search for um, budget-friendly meals, you'll find resources and tools that, that haven't been created by us, but we've gotten permission to house in our one-stop shop um, and people can access and look for some great ideas there as well. Super. And has your family had a favorite meal this summer? What have you guys been cooking? Uh, honestly, we've been doing a lot of barbecuing <laughs> because it's, it's nice to be outside and, and, uh, and grill. We've actually been making pizza on the barbecue. It is fantastic. It's it's definitely um, an adventure <laughs> making uh, the dough or, you know, using sometimes we'll use like a flatbread that we get for on sale somewhere. And then, you know, making sure you time it so that you can put on your toppings and and everything. The cheese melts, everything melts and the, the crust doesn't burn. <laughs> so it's been really great, you know, you know, figuring out how to control the barbecue and, and whatnot. But yeah, making pizza on the barbecue, I would definitely say has been my most favorite thing to do this summer you sound like uh you're saying that like there's been some trial and error oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 it's but you know what that's it that's what cooking is about it really is an experiment right especially if you're trying something new so yeah there's been a couple times where we've had uh, a little bit of a burnt crust or cheese that wasn't quite quite melted but it still tasted good so there you go <laughs> So Candice, you talked a little bit about um, meal planning and kind of what you've done with meal planning. With that comes some experimentation as you talked about. Can you tell us a little bit more about how maybe you, you've been getting your child or maybe how families listening can get their children involved in mealtime? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, we've definitely been taking advantage of this time together um, to get other family members, get my son involved in the mealtime process. And it's and it's really important. Right. And, and it's also really important to ensure that whatever you get your kids or other family members doing, that it's appropriate for them. Um, so I've been doing some training uh, through the Ellen Satter Institute, which is a, a, an organization in, in the States that's considered best practice in the U.S. around how to grow competent eaters and how to help children learn to feed themselves. So um, you may have heard of something called the division of responsibility, which is this idea that both children's and, children and parents and caregivers have jobs with respect to feeding and eating. Um, so with young children, such as infants and preschoolers, their job is really to decide how much and if they will eat. And parents will provide the what, when, and where. But that being said, you know, this, you know, with really young children, this is a great time for children to learn table manners, essentially. So they can help with setting the table and they can participate in learning to use their utensils. And then as children get older, they can slowly start increasing their responsibilities. Um, so they can start to help with meal prep, like washing the vegetables and that sort of thing. So my son, he loves the salad spinner. He really loves anything that goes around in circles so, and being able to push buttons. So it's really the perfect thing for him to help us with. Um, but, you know, things like that kids love to help out with. And then eventually kids can actually start helping with the meal planning, right? So uh, providing some ideas for the parents to consider when they're out shopping, uh, their favorites, and parents can incorporate that into their meals. Okay, thanks, Candace. That's very helpful. Something we've been asking our podcast guests lately is what is your family's favorite quarantine activity, or as we like to call it, quarantivity? So do you have something that you and your family have been doing for fun lately? I love that. I love that. Quarantivity. That's a new word. Look at that. Um, you know what? Honestly, um, 
we we love to play board games and didn't have the time when all of our schedules were so busy to do board games. So we've been playing a lot of Scrabble, a lot of Trouble. Uh, for those with young kids out there, the, they love kids love popping that thing <laughs> so that that um, scrambles the dice. So we've been playing a lot of that. Uh, even you know snakes and ladders or shoots and ladders. We've been playing lots of board game activities, and I and I think it's really been great. Um, for all of us to get together and find things that we enjoy. It helps to take our mind off of what's been happening and keeps us away from the TV and watching the news to see what's happening. So yeah, it's it's been great. Um, puzzles, uh, getting back into puzzles. I know, I think I've heard some people have, have taken that up or painting, uh, but really just sitting around the table and trying to outdo each other on Scrabble has been the best thing. <laughs> great, yeah, bringing back the classics. I love Scrabble. Yeah. Yeah, it's always All fun right. to play with a young, a young child as well, because they, they're like, oh, isn't this a word? <laughs> hey, well, now you know quarantivity is a word. So you yes, <laughs> I'm, we're going to add it. We're going to get the Scrabble dictionary and get them to add that, because that, yes. that's, hey, this is, what, this is what happens when new things happen to us, right? So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Candice, for joining us on the podcast and for sharing your insight and tips. I'm sure many families will find it very helpful. And we'll be sure to link um, Nutrition Connections in the show notes along with uh, the Food and Health Today uh, podcast. So thanks awesome. again. Yes. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure.